0: I host another podcast called Love and Abuse, which is uh, fortunately and unfortunately very popular, and the reason I say unfortunately is because there are a lot of people in difficult relationships, and that, that really gets to me, so I came up with that show, and I really do hope That you get something from it if you're dealing with any type of difficult relationship. Head over to loveandabuse.com if you need to listen to a show on navigating the difficult relationship. Welcome to the overwhelmed brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hey, this is Paul Coliani, and I am here to help you learn to deal with difficult people and tackle life's challenges without compromising who you are. This show consists of my personal opinions and is meant for informational purposes only always seek a professional for your mental health and well-being. Somebody wrote to me and asked me how you deal with family and friends that you confided in about something and you're upset and you talked badly about, say, an ex. Let me rephrase that. I didn't say that right. Somebody wrote to me and asked me, um, how do I tell my family and friends that I'm getting back together with my ex even though I told all my family and friends that my ex was a big jerk and they were difficult and maybe emotionally abusive and all this other stuff. How do I tell my family and friends that I've confided in and told them how bad this person was for me in my life? And then I'm now considering taking this person back and they're going to think I'm an idiot or they're going to think I'm getting conned again, getting duped. They're going to think that I'm just a sucker. I'm gullible. It's quite possible all of that is true because if somebody shared with me, which people do all the time, if somebody shared with me that uh, their partner was hurtful and uh, even abusive, no matter what this person who told me said, I would not want them to be with that person because it sounds like that is not a healthy relationship. Because I want my friend or my family member to be happy. And so when somebody tells me this person's making me miserable, talking about their partner, for example, and I hear all this and that's all I hear about this other person, then I'm not going to want that person to go back to the person that makes them miserable. Now, that's as a friend. If I were acting in a professional manner, fulfilling my title, my my title is behavior and relationship coach, then what I'm going to say is something different. I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to find out what that person wants in their life because I have my personal opinions. And then that person will have their own opinions and their own idea of what they want in their life. And if they are willing to go through some challenges to get what they want in their life. So in a professional role, I'm going to ask questions. Well, uh do you believe you'll be able to handle uh any challenges that come along? Will you be able to speak up for yourself? Will you be able to stand up and say no, don't treat me that way? Will you be able to do this? Will you be able to do that? I'm going to ask a lot of questions. But as a friend, <laughs> I'm going to say what are you thinking? What are you going to do? Why are you doing this? Because I'm personally invested. I mean, I'm personally invested both ways. I, I really want my clients to feel uh, fulfilled and find good people in their lives. But when you're really personally invested, family, friend, and uh, you don't have to think like a coach or a therapist or anybody else, of course you're going to say, what are you doing? Are you crazy? Don't do that. You've told me all the bad stuff and nothing but bad stuff sometimes. And so I don't want to see you in that situation again because they care. I care. I'm compassionate. I want that person to be in a better situation, be in a good relationship. And if all you tell me is that they mistreated you, I don't want you to be with somebody who mistreats you. Now that's my, again, personal opinion, but professionally, what I'm looking for is what that person wants. And this is sort of where I'm going with this today is that, um, Sometimes we tell people certain things about certain people in our lives, and then we are still friends or we're still a romantic partner with those certain people in our lives. And what do our friends and family say about it? What, you're going back to that person? What you're giving them a second, a third, a hundredth chance? You're going to do that all over again? And they're going to ask very valid questions like, why are you doing this? And then you might get stuck trying to answer it. So let's just say that you talked about somebody in your life that maybe you once cared about or you still care about, and they're mistreating you or treating you badly. And you're telling your friend, you're telling somebody in your family, you're telling somebody you trust that uh, they did all this bad stuff. And then a few weeks later, a few days later, you say, well, we're going to give it another shot. The person you entrusted with all this information might try to talk you out of it. And you have to see that as fair. That's my first take on this is that you have to see that as a fair argument, a fair perception on their part. They're going to think, well, they're going to ask the question in their own mind and to you, what are you doing? What are they doing? Why are they going back? Why would you do that? So when they ask that question, this is the second part of this, my opinion is that um, you're an adult and you are allowed to make adult decisions and choose who is in your life. So that's the second part. <laughs> you are an adult. And if you're a kid, you know, you're getting there. You're making adult decisions if you're listening to a show like this. But most people don't listen. They're adults. You're an adult. And as an adult, you can make adult decisions, even when people don't like them. Even when people think you're crazy, you're stupid or whatever, gullible. Even when that is true. (laughs) Even when you are making a dumb decision. I've made dumb dumb decisions. I'm not pointing anyone out here. I'm just saying when you're making a decision, you're making a decision from an adult standpoint. That doesn't mean it's a good decision, but it doesn't mean it's a bad one. It just means you're, you're making a decision based on what you believe to be the risks. You know there are risks to almost every decision, honestly. Maybe there are exceptions, but almost every decision has a risk of some sort because when you decide something, someone may, someone else may not like what you've decided, but you're an adult. I'm just going to go with that premise. You're an adult. And when you're an adult, you have a right to make up your mind. You have a right to make a decision. And you have a right to do something that somebody else might disagree with. Even good friends who know better. Yes, there are people that know better than us and they're going to say, that's such a dumb idea. But you're an adult. You will make a decision knowing the risks. But this also means, this is a caveat here, this also means that you have to take responsibility not only for the consequences of making that decision, and I don't mean how it affects your family and friends. I mean, how it affects you. You have to, you have to take responsibility for the consequences and how it affects you and how it will affect you. And, and this is the most important part, you have to be ready to give up what you are committing to. That may not be exactly how I want to word this the rest of the episode, but You have to be willing to give up what you have decided. So if you say, and again, this is my opinion, but if you say, I'm going to do this again, I'm going to spend time with this person again, I'm going to get back together with my ex, even though they were terrible, you have to be ready to give it up. You have to be ready to say, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done this. because you are the most important person in every decision that you make. Even though there are other people that might be involved, you are the person that is going to have to live with the consequences of your decision. And yes, other people will be affected by your decision, but you do have to come first. And yes, I know there are exceptions to that if somebody's in trouble, you might risk your life to save them. They come first. I know but let's just look at most decisions that we make on a day-to-day basis. And taking responsibility for those decisions is like telling the world, you know, I could be making the biggest mistake of my life, but I'm going to do it anyway, because I'm an adult. I can make adult decisions, even when they're wrong. And being an adult means that I could be wrong and I'm ready and willing to face that possibility. The biggest thing though, is that as an adult, you have to be ready to commit to change as well as the decision. So the decision puts you in a certain direction. It puts you on this course. Then the commitment to change is if something doesn't work out on this course, you are ready and willing to make that change. And so I hope I conveyed that properly, or maybe you already know this and it's very common sense, but I wanted to put that out there is that I think you should be just as ready and willing to make a decision and commit to that decision just as much as you are ready to give up that decision and change your mind after you've made it. So you've committed to this decision and then you realize, oh, this is not a good direction for me. I'm going to change my mind now. And I know that like, if we commit to something, we should stay, we should stay loyal to it. We should stay dedicated to it. But there are some things that we really need to evaluate after we've committed to it. I've heard like my, my fiance, Asha, she said, well, you know, my ex-husband, when he asked me to marry him, there was really nothing else going on in my life. So I just said, yes. And then I discovered that, uh, he was You know, bad in many ways. I don't want to put it all out there, but he was bad in many ways. And I was already committed in that direction. I was already going in that direction and there was nothing else going on in my life. So I just decided to go with it anyway and get married. And then she found out that he was bad in other ways. And, you know, I'm already married and so let's have a kid. And so she's committing to these directions because she did not want to give up her initial commitment. And I know she's going to blast me for this because I I don't think I'm getting all the facts right here. (laughs) But if she ever hears this, uh, the whole point is sometimes we commit to things and we stick to that commitment thinking it's the right thing to do, think it's the right path to take, and it's not. And we have to reevaluate what we committed to. We have to reevaluate our decision. And if our reevaluation shows that we would be better off getting out of a situation because of a decision we made, then maybe that's the direction we need to take. And I know there are people listening now that will say, yeah, but there's a chance it could get better. And yes, there is. There is definitely a chance it could get better, but this is where accountability comes in, right? We say, look, if it doesn't get better, I got to get out of this. If you don't stop hurting me, if you don't stop disrespecting me in front of people, I, I can't be with you. I can't be around you. I'm an adult. <laughs> I make adult decisions. And I'm telling you as another adult, don't disrespect me. Will you honor that? Will you respect me enough to not disrespect me? Will you honor that? Will you honor my path? As a fellow adult on this world, will you be a uh, kind to me will you be supportive will you be caring will you show compassion they don't have to show all these things but you have certain criteria that some people need to meet in order for them to be in your circle or close to you or in a trusting relationship with you i think that people in your life the the ones that are closest should meet certain criteria in order for them to be in your life and you define that criteria if you don't mind if somebody lies every other sentence then that's your criteria unfortunately i mean i don't think it's okay to have a liar in your life because how do you know what they're saying is truthful ever i'm not saying these people can't change but i am saying there needs to be a an enforcement of your criteria if you lie to me again i'm leaving like that would be my enforcement. It doesn't have to be your enforcement, but my enforcement is more strict. It's more impactful, meaning I don't want to deal with this any longer. So if you don't stop, I won't have to deal with it any longer because I'll leave. It's easy for me. It's not always easy. Sometimes we have committed to our decision and we stay in a commitment that doesn't always work out, or is hurtful to us in some way, or making our life miserable, but we stick to it, hoping and wishing and praying something will change. But when it doesn't, or when we get little hints of possible change, and we stick to that commitment, we're still miserable. So I look at what I've had happen in my past. I've talked about this before, but whatever happened yesterday is going to happen tomorrow. Whatever happened last year is going to happen next year. If that person was lying and mean to me last year, they're going to be the same next year, unless I see major change. So this is how I evaluate my relationships. How did they show up before will be how they show up again. Now on the flip side of this, (laughs) how does somebody show up In a bad way, quote, bad way or hurtful way, will they be someone that you allow into your future? And this is where it gets a little tricky because you might have seen qualities about the person that um, other people haven't seen. And all you've done is vent about that person and talk about all the bad stuff that that person did, not seeing the other qualities and not having the history. And so back to the original question, what do I tell my friends and my family about this person that I might accept back into my life when I've already told them how bad they are? You know, I believe most people can change. Some diagnosable people, you know, narcissism, antisocial personality disorder, they probably can't change. I hope they can, but I've yet to see it happen, but it it could be possible, but I've not seen it. So unless they're diagnosable, I think most people can change. I think most people can understand what they're doing might be hurtful or harmful or ethically wrong or morally wrong. I think most people can identify that and decide to change. And then there are people that choose not to, and they want to stay righteous or they want to continue doing what they're doing or being who they are and continue hurting others or bowling over others, regardless of what that other person feels, there are people like that. And it's just a matter of what you'll choose to allow into your life. And if you decide to allow somebody like that into your life, you have to have higher standards, I believe. You should also have a very strong defense or protection mechanism inside you that says, "Oh no." you're not going to do that. (laughs) You're not going to do that to me. That's not allowed. Those are your personal boundaries. Your personal boundaries are what you will and won't accept in your life. So when you have somebody that you either have no choice that they're in your life, or you do have a choice, but they are showing up in perhaps uh, toxic ways or hurtful ways, or just ways that you don't like, it's important to access that adult in you. <laughs> not that you're not, but access that person that will take control and say, no, this is unacceptable. That's how I look at it. I, I read a book a long time ago. It's called I'm Okay, You're Okay. It's about something they call, um, I think it's transactional analysis. And from what I recall, I believe it's about the, um, the transactions that we have between ourselves and others. So if I'm having a transaction with you, some sort of communication, Hey, how are you? I'm doing great. There's a transaction. And so again, I might be getting some of this wrong, but from what I got from the book, there were three aspects of the self that we can communicate with others from. And one of those, one of those aspects is the adult aspect. One is the parent and one is the child. So as the child, what is that? That might be all of our emotional triggers. All the, all the things that triggered us or we learned to get triggered from when we were younger, that's really the stuff that we have trouble controlling and our child takes over. It's like getting really angry or having a temper tantrum. That's probably the child aspect of you. Or if you're really afraid of something that maybe you shouldn't be afraid of, like somebody yelling, most people that yell, maybe we shouldn't be afraid of them. There are some people that we could fear, but sometimes uh, we have these unreasonable fears that come up And uh, when they come up, it could be the child aspect inside. Well, it usually is. (laughs) It usually is the child aspect inside of you, like an inner child, that hasn't uh, processed some old trauma, some old fears, and became emotionally triggered by those things. And when you are carrying around these emotional triggers, every time you have a reaction or you get triggered, it's usually something you haven't processed or healed from in childhood or something really dramatic that happened later, but it's usually... In childhood because that's where all the imprinting takes place and where you learn everything you're you're learning everything consciously and unconsciously so a lot of our um, behaviors stem all of our behaviors stem from childhood and a lot of them uh, can be improved upon and changed over the years but uh, usually when it's something deep and we have some sort of reaction and sometimes uh, an unreasonable reaction then it can be pinpointed to childhood regarding something that we have not uh, processed yet or faced in some way that we need to heal or, or whatever. So the three aspects, the parent, the child, and the adult, the parent is the one that needs to take charge and has to discipline and might step in if somebody is being unreasonable and you have to say, look, that's wrong. You can't do that you know, because the parent is the discipline. The parent is the authority. It's the authority figure. And um, I might get, again, some of this wrong. So I apologize for those who are experts in transactional analysis. And I don't even know if anybody is an expert in transactional analysis anymore, but this is what they talked about in the (laughs) seventies. So uh, the parent steps in and takes charge like a parent would. You can't do that to my child. Meaning You can't do that to me. Now, the adult is very similar to the parent because the adult will step in and say, I got this. I'll take care of this. I'm the reasonable one. I'm the rational one. I'm going to do the following. I'm going to say the following because that's what needs to be done. I'm the adult. I'm making adult decisions. I'm not acting from the child. And come to think of it, I think it's um, more likely that we're acting as a parent when we're honoring ourselves. Because we are parenting ourselves we're parenting our child saying, this is how it's done. So there's some crossover here, but I look at it as stepping into my adult self and handling a situation. If that person doesn't handle the situation in a healthy way, or if they handle it in a toxic way, or if they're putting me in harm's way, emotionally harmful as well, then I might have to step into my adult role and say, I'm sorry, you can't do that. And the parenting role that I might play is, if you ever do that again, there'll be consequences. So that's where the crisscross can come in. You can have an adult that says, these are the rules. And then you can have a parent that enforces the rules. And this is if you want to. I'm only giving you a thought. (laughs) I'm giving you an idea of how to think differently. Because I tell you what, when I'm in my child state, my inner child kicks in, and I'm having a reaction... I'm being triggered and sometimes it's very hard to control that trigger, then I want my inner parent or my inner adult to step in and say, Whoa, you don't need to go there. Everything's going to be okay. We got this. We'll take care of this. That doesn't mean you're walking around as three different people. It just means that there are parts of you that you can activate. And you know, I have to be careful here because I don't want to split you up into parts. There are people that say, hey, we have all these parts. And then there are people that say, no, we're fully integrated human beings. But I think it's important to remember that there are parts of us. (laughs) Here I go splitting you. uh, There are parts of us that if we know they're there, we'll step in. And those parts are part of the integrated totality of who we are. So it's like a a pie. You have uh, eight slices to a pie. Each part of the pie is the pie too. We are all part of all these different parts of us. It's like when you're with your partner, you're a different person than when you're talking to the cop who pulled you over. <laughs> well, maybe, but for the most part, most people are different with their partner or someone they care about, someone they love in their family, someone else that uh, they really trust. They are different with that person than they are with other people which shows that we are capable of accessing these parts. Now, the whole trick is, and this is, let me just wrap this up. The whole trick is, the whole idea behind everything I'm saying, is that when you're aware that your inner child, the child part of you, is running the show, then you can step in as the adult. You can step in as that loving, compassionate, caring parent That will say, I'm here to take care of you. And you can be the adult that steps in and takes charge and doesn't show the fear a child would, but takes control. I got this. I like those words. I I use those words myself. I got this. I will take care of this for you. I know you're scared, or I know you've told all your friends that he's a jerk. (laughs) And now you're going back to that guy but as the adult, I'll take care of us. I can make my own decisions. That's what the adult in me would say. I can make my own decisions. I've made bad decisions before and I'm going to make them again. And maybe this is a bad decision, but I'll deal with it if it is. And someone who respects you and loves you is going to look at you and say, it sounds like you got it under control. Now, that doesn't mean everyone's going to understand. And that doesn't mean if somebody says, well, you're crazy, they don't love you or respect you. That's not what that means at all. It just means that someone is listening to you because you're taking charge. Someone is looking at you saying, I got this. I'm owning it. And if there's a mistake, if there's a problem, I'll disown it. I'll change my mind. And I'm ready to do that too. And what we can do is keep these resources with us at all times. We can use that inner adult. We can use that inner parent. Here I am bringing uh, transactional analysis back into the spotlight. <laughs> but I found it useful in my life in certain ways. And, um, and we can get into all kinds of stuff with parts and stuff like that there are some people call them archetypes. But there are different ways we can uh, handle situations. We just have to remember that we don't always have to be ourselves in that situation. And the only thing that means is that sometimes we default to who we always are in specific circumstances. If you see something that scares you, your default might be to stay afraid. And you're not going to be brave or you're not going to be unafraid until what scares you goes away that might be a default way to be when in reality we could look at it in a different way if we choose to i'm not saying it's always a choice and i'm not saying it's easy but you do have the ability to say well let me look at this rationally let me look at this reasonably let me take control here let me see myself as a child reacting in a situation and tell that child, it's going to be okay. I got this. I'll take care of it. Don't worry. To so the person who wrote to me and shared all of this about uh, the, the relationship that she's in and how she might get back together with this guy, my advice to you is everything I talked about today. You know, Take responsibility for your decision. Be ready to change your commitment to that decision and also be ready to commit to any direction that opens up. But um, most importantly, and I think I've said that already, but another most importantly is that when you make a decision to take somebody who has been harmful back into your life, it's my opinion that you need to raise the bar once they're back in your life. Because the bar was probably way too low to begin with. When the bar is that low, they have a tendency to hurt you, and we often can do that. We can. Lower the bar throughout a relationship so somebody can continue to hurt us and make us feel terrible in all kinds of ways. It's important that we remember how low the bar was and raise it. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Just raise that bar so that when they cross the line, when they trip over that bar because it's so high, you can say, "Uh uh-uh, this isn't happening. This is me. this is what you say in your head, I guess, this is me as the adult taking control. And also me as a parent, my own parent, I'm parenting myself, and I guess I have to parent you too. I'm going to parent you and say, this will never happen again, or XYZ, whatever your accountability measure is. And this is just making your life easier, letting people know how to treat you right. I love that question for myself. How can I treat my partner right? How can I treat her in a way that uh, she feels loved and she feels cared for? That should go through anybody's mind who loves anybody else. How can I treat that person right? How can I treat them in a way that makes them feel good about themselves? That would be the ultimate connection in any type of relationship. Is that when somebody cares enough about the other person that they want them to feel good and not make them feel bad? (laughs) It's just a, a simple concept that so many people get wrong. And when you have somebody that really cares about you, they're going to think that way. How can I make that person's life better? How can I show up in a way that makes them feel loved, makes them feel like they're important? How can I do that for them? That's that's a very kind, caring, compassionate way to show up for anyone in life. But when the other person shows up for you in a way that says, how can I control you? How can I change you? How can I make you the way I want you to be? When that happens, that's the opposite of what I'm talking about. It's not love. It's control. It's uh, manipulation. It's all the stuff I talk about over at Love and Abuse that is emotionally abusive. When somebody comes along and says, you need to act in a way according to me so that uh, you aren't the individual that you want to be. You're the individual that I want you to be. Oh no, (laughs) I'm the adult. I'm going to step in and say, you can't do that to me. And this is how it's going to be. If you want a relationship with me, this is where you step in as your adult, as your own parent and you say, no, that's not going to happen. And I'm going to give you the best opportunity in the world by telling you how I prefer to be treated. That's a gift. I'm giving you this gift, telling you how I want to be treated. Because if you are able to fulfill that role, then you are giving me the best gift in the world. And I think that's what we all can do for each other, for the most part. Sometimes we can't fulfill everyone's gift or everyone's wishes, but at least we don't want to go in with bad intentions. We don't want to go in trying to control someone or manipulate them or change them into what we think they should be instead of who they are. Even though we might want some people to change, yes, but I think the idea of loving someone is something I've said before, something I've said many times, is supporting the other person's happiness, even if we don't agree with how they achieve that happiness. And When we can look at somebody and say, that's what I want for you, that's really love. That's really loving and connecting and supportive and everything a healthy relationship is made of. Maybe not everything, (laughs) a lot of things. So the the person who wrote, uh, I hope I've given you enough to let you know that it's okay to tell your friends, to tell your family that you are an adult. You can make these decisions, and they may not understand your decisions, but to let them know that you are so grateful that they care and you feel so good that you have them in your life because without them, you'd be a different person. You wouldn't feel what you feel because you feel special when you're in their presence. You tell them all the good stuff, and you are so grateful they care enough to keep you out of harm's way. And that you are also very aware that you could be putting yourself back in harm's way, but you'll handle it. And this is where you just have to be confident in how you say that. Don't say, well, if everything goes badly, you know, maybe I'll I'll break up again, or maybe I'll send that person away. You know, don't act that way. Own it. Own your decision. This is what I'm going to do. And... I realize it could be the biggest mistake, but I'm also ready to give it up. I'm also ready to change my mind in a heartbeat because I have now set the bar higher. And if that person trips over that bar, they're going to get a warning. And if they do it one more time, that's it. That It's done. No more. There will be accountability. And I know that I could be putting myself in harm's way, but I'm taking that chance because I know there could be more if they are willing to change, if they are serious about uh, healing and serious about going to therapy or whatever they're doing, if they are willing to make those changes, we could have a good relationship, but I'm not going to give it any more chances after this. No, that's my inclusion. (laughs) I included that at the end. I'm not going to give it any more chances after this, but if you say something like that, I believe you should commit to that. But Paul, I can change my commitments. Yes, you can. If you say this is the last chance and then six months later, you give it another chance. You just have to be ready to stand up for yourself. Draw the line. Tell them if you cross this, there's going to be accountability and apply that accountability. Don't let people cross the line that you have drawn because that allows them to do it again and again and again. So if you're going to get back into a situation with somebody who has mistreated you in the past... You got to set that bar higher and you got to make sure that when they cross that line that you draw, they are fully accountable. And that might mean it's over. That might be the accountability. I hope I've given you something to uh, chew on, to think about in this episode. I appreciate you tuning in and thank you so much to that person who wrote. Good luck with everything. Stay strong. And uh, thank you for listening to another episode of the Overwhelmed Brain. I want to thank our patrons this week, Winnie, Chris, Michelle, Angel, Crystal, all of you are special people to me, and I am in full support of your happiness. Thank you so much for your financial support. And if you find value in this show like these patrons did, head over to moretob.com for options on how to give back. Thank you again, patrons. I appreciate all of you. And for our show on how to deal with difficult relationships, you heard me talk about it before, visit loveandabuse.com. And if you are the difficult one and you want to change that about yourself, head over to healedbeing.com and I have a very robust, very effective program to help you do that as well. And finally, thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. Now, before anyone writes to me and says, Paul, what if the person they let back into their life is dangerous? You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right what you're thinking. What you're thinking is, what if the person they let into their life is dangerous? What if they've gone through some serious problems and they were dangerous then? And now they say they're going to change because a lot of people do say that. I promise i will change. I promise. Just take me back. Take me back. I've said that in the past. (laughs) If somebody is dangerous, then what needs to happen is that not only... Well, they have had to have changed. I think I said that right. Well, they have had to have changed. Uh, you will have also had to have changed. That's a difficult sentence to put together, but you would have to have changed in a way that makes you stronger. Now that doesn't mean I want you to butt heads and go face to face with a person that's dangerous. It just means that you need to be in a, in a position of mental and emotional strength that lets you know that you have options and that you deserve better and that you are worth treating with respect and kindness and that you don't deserve to be mistreated. You have to have such a shift in you that the person you've become will no longer tolerate mentally and emotionally abusive behavior. You have to become a different person to not be tolerant of that stuff. If they're physically dangerous, yes, professionally and personally, I'm going to say you need to avoid that. You need to avoid people like that because they could change. Yes. But why do you need that person back in your life? Why do you need to be on constant, constant alert? If they change, then maybe years down the road, you can meet up again and They'll tell you all the wonderful things they've done and maybe you can make a decision then, but I can't advise you to go back to a dangerous situation, even if it's just emotionally and mentally dangerous, because those are important. Physical danger is important. It's important because it affects your life and it could be lifelong lasting. When somebody is dangerous, it could be lifelong lasting. And if it's not a physical danger, a mental and emotional danger can last just as long. I mean, look at PTSD. This is what PTSD is all about. You are in a very dangerous situation and you can't forget about that dangerous situation, so you're always on guard or you're triggered easily because of that dangerous situation, which means it lasts. It lasts throughout your life unless you get healing or therapy and you're able to get through it. But it's, some of these things are difficult to get past. I'm just saying this because I know some people out there might think it's not a good idea to go back into dangerous... I agree. It's not a good idea to go back into any dangerous situation. So I want your adult to step up and ask yourself, is this safe for you? Is this a good idea? Is this something that you can stop if something happens? You need to be in a space where you know you can stop it. So whatever you think might happen, because it may have happened in the past, or maybe it could get worse. You need to have that adult step in to ask you the question, are you willing to stop this if it goes too far? And then you ask yourself, are you capable of doing that? So I want to be very careful. I want to be very clear that I'm not asking or telling or saying that anyone should ever get into or back into a dangerous situation. That's not it at all. I'm just saying that sometimes we make decisions that will sound crazy to other people. And we think that we can maybe uh, get into another situation or in a relationship with that person again and be okay because we're a different person. And that's what needs to happen. You need to become a different person in order for you to get in a position like that again, because if you're the same person you were, you will tolerate more bad behavior. That's my final words. I hope that makes sense. I hope it's hitting where it needs to hit because that's the most important part. I hope you didn't tune out before you heard this. (laughs) I hope you got to the part that is all about how I want you to be able to make choices in your life and feel like. You can make those choices when they're needed because your mental, emotional, and sometimes your physical health depends on it. And you need to value yourself so much that you'll never allow someone to mistreat you like that again. I appreciate you. Always keep an open mind. That's how you step into your power so that you can create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something i absolutely know to be true about you you are amazing